0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network Sissoko finally waited Ericsson low great ball into the middle what a save by Heaton tonight's Davison
1: Sanchez Lucas Moura and belted into the equilibrium goal on debut Tongue has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it a great goal! Steven Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Aurier! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge
0: Aurier! First to Kane. Good area for Spurs. A not afraid
1: to shoot. Wow! What a goal, Hurricane! That is exceptional. Try and place it. Wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot, and with good reason.
0: Terry in the Burnley line Son breaks forward. Oh wow! What a run, Son, from inside his own half
1: has scored one of the best goals of his Spurs career.
0: And uh not so good evening. Welcome to another. New Spurs, all the podcast. I did a touchline for banner I'll be your host tonight, Owen, a.k.a. x And I'll be joined tonight uh, by none other than uh, Booker T, a.k.a. Tops. How you doing, man? How was the holiday? What's...
1: Yeah, holiday was good, bro. It was a nice uh, way to celebrate my birthday. A um, bit of time away. Mm-hmm. So, you... so yeah, can't really complain, bro. Um, yeah, came back to... Uh, a litany of Tottenham games uh at home, and yeah, but happy to be back on the pod. It's been a little while since I've been on, so yeah, always good
0: and happy to have you as well and um we've got a couple of games to to go across, even though one feels like it was it was a while ago, so um we had a game at home against Newcastle in the league, and this this followed a couple of weird results um, on the weekend as well. It's like teams around us were dropping points. So, it looked like, a really good opportunity to to get three points again at home against the Newcastle side, which hasn't really... They hadn't lost since um, Anfield. they think it's a mm-hmm. 97th-minute goal, but they've been a solid side kind of trailing along. Um but me and Yao won last week's pod. We both predicted a 3-1 win. We were both pretty confident going into it. Um, lineups were announced. To Obviously, he was rotating players for the sporting game. Yeah. And uh, we, we were lucky to see Skip back, which was which was positive for me. Um, Sanchez came in for Romero, who apparently had a knock. And Emerson came back from suspension. Obviously, Wignorea in the stadium... And uh, the lineups were announced. So how did you feel, confidence-wise, going
1: into that? Um, like, I'm trying not to take too much from the lineups these days, to be honest. Um, just because generally they don't tend to change that much in terms of personnel, and also in terms of like how we set up. But obviously, going into the game without Romero, weirdly without Hoyer. Against you know what would what would look like an in-form Newcastle side on the rise, full of confidence, unbeaten since September. Ah, uh, I just kind of thought we should have enough to beat them at home. They were missing some key players, and there were talks about other key players uh, not being available, like mm-hmm. Joe Linton and and Bruno, but. Lo and behold, come match day, they were available. And actually, I actually kept saying to people before the game that I thought it was going to be a win because I remember us playing them last season. And actually, they had a few different players, but they had actually more of their key players there, uh, say Maximum and a few others. And we spanked them 5-1, like literally spanked them. So in my head, I thought, "Mm, it's probably going to be tight, but it should be enough uh, to get the result. And uh, how little did I know? (laughs) You
0: didn't. Um, To be fair, um, obviously not how the game ended, but we did actually start this game quite well, I thought. I pressed high, let's get the ball forward. Skip was actually really positive with some uh, drilled vertical passes, which found their man a couple of times. And we we created some decent chances and obviously um, Sun went 1v1. And, um, it was unfortunate. he tried to dink Nick Pope, couldn't quite pull it off and um yeah, i what proceeded after that was um was a little bit against the run of play, I thought as well Obviously, see made the mistakes he did um mm-hmm. the first make Obviously, we know what happened after that, but how did you feel the first half was actually going up until like that Laurie's first mistake? Anyway,
1: yeah, I felt like the first half or the first part of the first half, we actually started fairly positive, fairly brightly. Um, if I'm honest with you, we created some opportunities. I think in that first half in total, we must have had maybe 10 or 11 shots. We actually were really kind of kept them camped in that sort of in their half and I don't know I personally feel that Son should have done better with that opportunity I felt that he actually didn't take that opportunity seriously enough which is why mm. he tried to dink it but to me I find that sort of I don't know in my head I find it silly because this is a man who's looking for confidence wouldn't you just put your, through it, your foot through it or or chip it with more conviction instead of trying something that's quite a low percentage finish. I I don't know. This is that's just how I saw it. Um
0: yeah but... it was uh, it's a mad <laughs> one and um so Jay was saying like yeah he's tired of the, the serial winner of football. So I think we were playing good football <laughs> and we I think we do play good football just when we're playing well. It's just a case of like when when a couple people or a couple of players don't start well then we mm-hmm. can't get into a rhythm and we can't get into the pads and the automations quickly enough. And uh, subsequently, we end up getting pegged back, pause. But yeah, sorry, <laughs> you were, were going to say.
1: Yeah. And oh, I don't know, man, like, Larisse, God, I, I just can't seem to put my finger on why this guy has these, these odd games where he just... Just loses the plot, man. Like I don't know. I if I'm if I'm honest with you as well, I had a bit of an issue with just the way our back sort of four. So the back three and con and uh Lloris. I felt that like firstly Laris' kicking was completely off. Um I felt that, like for some weird reason, it didn't seem like he was commanding the back three as well as he could have. He wasn't making a decision quickly enough when we were starting from goal kicks, whether he wanted to kick it long or whether we wanted to play from the back. Um, I felt like his communication with Dia wasn't like great. Where Dia almost conceded an own goal from like fifteen oh, yards. Yeah. Um, you we all know the you know, the problems that we have on that right side with Emerson and Davinson Sanchez. Which honestly, at this point feels like self-harm from Conte when he mm. plays those guys. Dyer wasn't particularly confident. You could see that every time he got on the ball, he delayed, 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 wouldn't make the right pass, wouldn't make a quality enough pass. It, It just felt like, it just felt like nothing really in that first half went well. And what's so frustrating about it is that I don't think there was enough in that half for Newcastle to go into that half thinking they deserve to be 2-0 up. They, in my opinion, and I know we spoke about it in the group a lot. We we debated it, you know, in the group. I just felt that they were opportunistic. You know, they were very mm. clinical. They were able to take the two chances or the two mistakes that we basically offered up to them, and they basically turned that against us. In the stadium when i first saw the when i saw the first goal i initially thought it was a foul because i th- i kind of think in this league that the league is really good at protecting the goalkeepers but actually when i look back on it and then when i watched it on the replays and then the highlights larisha just cleared it i don't know why he almost felt that like he had to control it why not just put your foot through it first time you know and obviously like wilson had the speed of mind to basically turn it around and chip I mean, again, this is all, all hindsight, but I kind of felt like the minute Lloris was out of control of that, I kind of felt that Dyer maybe could have had a... Like, his mind could quickly moved so that he could fall back onto the line. But again, um, the finish was like kind of a clever finish from Wilson. And then the second goal as well. Ugh, it's just difficult. You know, another poor kick from Lloris, Um Contested, lost, contested by... Says he got beaten by uh, Miguel Almiron, and he's yeah. Just I thought that
0: well, let's go for it though. Because why, why was he even trying to hit that? Like, I don't feel like that <sighs> pass was ever even on. I felt like Almiron was pretty much on him anyway.
1: Exactly, exactly. It was, it was a very poor percentage pass. It was it, like, it was a pass that, like, I don't know. From a football perspective, when I watch stuff like that, I think if you're going to make that pass, I would absolutely always prefer that you overhit that pass than underhit. Because if you underhit that pass, you're putting your team under pressure. So it has to either be perfect or overhit. The minute you underhit and you lose that ball, you're going to put yourself under pressure, which we did. 50-50 was lost. He's gone past Cesc. He now comes one-on-one up against Longley. Longley's position... Again, Longley's body position, and uh, you know, he's almost too flat on uh, an Almiron as Almiron's coming in at an angle. Mm. And Almiron just like, honestly, it looks like with ease just blows past this guy. He's got a finish. He's on his left foot, opens up his body. Luis comes out too slowly, slips under him, tuna. Like, (sighs) two goals, in my opinion, that are just mistakes. And you know, it's silly as well because I used, to feel that that's how we used to give a lot of our goals away in previous teams previous seasons and I felt I felt in the last sort of year or so that we've not really been a team that gives away mistakes but for some reason we gave up these two Newcastle were clinical and and honestly since ever since that point you know the crowds especially in the South stand just got on their backs and um yeah went into a half ringing of booze. Just was...
0: mm. oh, were you were you booing as well? No,
1: nah, I'm not. I'm not one of these. I'm not one of these. I won't ever. I will
0: never oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, it was. It was quite annoying to watch. Like I didn't initially watch the second half either. I had to turn around and watch it back. But yeah, that 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 second mistake for Luis, like for me, you've got two choices if you're a poor kicker, which you are you're a poor kicker, right? So mm-hmm. you've got Leng, you've got Longley literally standing right on on you. In by and large. he's very very comfortable on the ball. Um, the team's playing well. We've actually got a three man midfield as well who can pick up the ball. There's well, I mean, we got options. Once we move the ball out from Longley, we actually tend to be quite comfortable playing out from the back as long as we avoid that uh, that right hand side. Um, yeah, either use Longley or just try and hit it long to Kane. Mm-hmm. Just try and hit a vertical ball onto King. Like, as you say, when you under hit a pass like that in that area and the ball gets turned over in your half, that's it. They're basically on your goal. Like, they could quite easily have like a four on three, quite easily, because, you know, no one else is back yet. So,
1: so and generally, most like little... premiership teams, they've got enough quality. Like, it's the Premier League they've got enough quality to be able to be clinical or to be, at least to be opportunistic enough that if you give up that opportunity to them, they're going to take it. You know, like, I don't know, man. Oh, yeah, I know, he's a loyal servant, bro. But oh, we need to have that conversation again, bro.
0: Well, I think, for, um, for quite a while, I think fans have been wanting, um, a contingency plan for Lloris. Um, Signing a young keeper, hoping to kind of bring him through gradually, just like we did when Loris initially came in for <laughs> for Brad Friedel. Mm-hmm. And there's been players in the market, and we've not really, um, we've not pounced. That apparently we were um, regretting not going in for Banzunu of Southampton. He um, went Ariola, who went to West Ham on a permanent deal. I think it was this summer. If not someone before, because Fabianski, I think he's Loris's age, if not there or thereabouts, and mm-hmm. they've got a succession plan. You got someone like Ariola, who's I think he's very good, Um mm-hmm. if he's willing to be a backup at West Ham and a rotation to be kind of brought in slowly at West Ham, he would have been able to at Spurs. Um, I know he's on high wages though, but yeah, even so, even so, that could have been an option for us, but. Whatever name there seems to be, I know O Black's been thrown around. We don't seem to have like a good plan for that position. Um, hopefully, I'm wrong, and by this time next year, we'll have like a good, um, good contingency plan for Loris. But as it stands, it just doesn't seem to be a priority position.
1: Which Crazy. Uh, I, feel, I feel
0: like Fraser Foster was a good signing, there, but bless him, he just hasn't played a game yet.
1: You know, he's not even given a sniff, not even given an opportunity. I suppose with with the games running thick and fast, goalkeepers don't tend to be um, rotated as much. Um, and we've not really had any cup games apart from the Champions League. So, um, yeah, it's a strange one. It's a strange one. Uh, I like Lloris. I, I, I like Lloris. You know, he has some of his indiscretions over the years, um, has some of his bozo moments, you could say. But, I don't know, man. I I just get the feeling that we're coming to an end now with him. Um, Yeah. He's always had
0: these things in him. It was coming off a uh, a really good performance against Manchester United as well. Um, It's just a shame. It's just a shame. Um, He had an awkward moment against Sporting as well, but we'll we'll get into it. (laughs) God, 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 yeah to round up the game though uh, second half starts we obviously started we, we started quite well nice and intense and um, essentially woke up a bit as you'd expect a team at 2-0 down at home to, to do though to be honest um, mm-hmm. got a goal for a set piece yeah I think it was Longley that flicked it on Kane um yeah um let's see now we've we're in crunch time, we're still pushing for a goal. How did you feel like that second half ultimately uh ultimately
1: played out? Oh, we went out without Wimper. We created jack shit in that yeah, second no, half. Oh <laughs> that's yeah. That's absolutely we, we, fair. We I like when I think about it, we were at home trying to get back into a game that we were losing. And I really couldn't think of any clear, obvious chances, like fine. Newcastle were a smart team. They set up tactically. They had two banks of four, very happy to just get us on the break when they had the opportunity to, and they wasted time. But if we're really honest about it, what clear-cut opportunities did we create in that game? How many times did we really put their 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 defense under any real pressure? How many times did I see Botman or Dan Burn or Trippier on the run or on the turn? I didn't. It was in my opinion, it wasn't a very good second half. And to be honest with you, we went out without a whimper, which is a bit of a shame because um, we have gone unbeaten at home this season up to this point. Um, and I felt this was a very winnable game. Um, but the problem as well you have is that we have players who are out of form. We're playing in like different systems with players who are coming back, players who are not used to the system. And it obviously, it's is kind of clear as well that sometimes in these systems, the players are just extremely rigid. You know, some of them, it needs to be absolutely perfect for some of for some of it to to work. I thought, in my opinion, the midfield balance was perfect at the weekend against Newcastle. And the reason I say that is because I've always advocated that we have lots of different types of profiles in our midfield. I felt that in Bentancourt, we had a dribbler. Or someone who's very happy to be on the ball, very happy to move with the ball. We had a ball winner in Basuma and sort of Skip, but then Skip was kind of on the right side as a almost like a box-to-box, almost like a runner. And that was someone who was basically adding as a third man to the 3-5-2, but also operating on that right-hand side, stretching um, them, which I think he did really well in the first half. And I actually felt for the three of them, did they did okay? But I think Ben Tenko has been kind of a good player for us, despite the results and the performances. Um, I thought Besuma was poor at times, but he got into it. He was getting on the ball, opening up play. You know, doing the good stuff. Like, but obviously he's still clearly learning the system. He's, clear, still, he's clearly still learning how Conte wants to play. And he had Skip, who you know, for a player who hadn't started. For such a long time, after what, eight, nine months out, he ran his socks off, put challenges in, won the ball high up the pitch, stretched the defence when he had the opportunity to. So I kind of felt that our midfield was actually better than theirs. But then I look at the other two parts of the team, our defence, I just thought, just didn't create anything enough. I thought that like we were poor in possession. I felt that we didn't engage enough when they actually had attacks. And the one thing about our team that I really struggle with at the moment is our ability, is our inability to automate. I've said it in the group a number of times. How many times did we move it amongst the back four freely? The minute any 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 pass was kind of made to break a line, to get from defence to attack, from defence to midfield, passes from Dia, passes from Longley, passes from Emerson, every single one just broke down just broke down, we weren't able to break any lines especially in that second half and obviously as well in attack we're finding it very difficult to obviously bridge that gap between the ball in the fence and getting it to Kane and Son, the minute those two get it they're already flooded and they can't really have any impact on the game so I don't know Uh, it was a difficult one to take but in my opinion that second half was it was a poor half I'm sorry. I, you know, we can say there were some positives, and we, we we gave it we gave it all. But I just felt, for a team at home against, in my opinion, an inferior Newcastle side, we should at least be, you know, going out fighting instead of going out with a whimper.
0: <laughs> that was actually a very, very, very good summary. Um, and yeah, I agree. Um, our inability to create, as well, is. Really, really poor. Like, Just just without Kuliszewski, we don't know that we can do anything, really. And um, I was critical of Conte's in-game management um, Mm -hmm. on the day, but I'm looking back now and I've obviously just remembered he brought on Perisic on the hour, brought on Lucas Moura shortly afterwards to add another attacker. So I was like, okay, that's actually not bad on paper. And then um, you could still see we obviously, we weren't creating anything. We aren't creating anything. You've got players like Spence on the bench who could come on and add some thrust to that right-hand side. Or even Doherty, like I wouldn't have hated, but bring him on sooner in the 80th minute, surely. Um, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah, it was just um, like he almost accepted defeat. Like, I don't know, like how would you rate uh, Conte's in game management for that game, just out of ten on a quick one.
1: Um, for that game, uh, Contest in game management. Um, so in that game, let me just think. He made four substitutions. That's right. Yeah, Perisic so more, and off. then
0: Doherty and Davis. Doherty and Davis oh. come on in the 80th. Again,
1: I, I, again, this is what I'm. This is. One of the things that gets me is, like, you're trying to win a game and you bring on defenders. No, it's a straight four. Four out of ten. Yeah, rubbish. Yeah. Fair enough. Four out of ten. I mean, you like there's attackers literally on the bench. You don't bring them on trying to win a game. You bring on defenders. Yeah, it's, it's not on. Tottenham at home. Come on, man. Uh, uh, I,
0: I wouldn't mind it if he brought on uh, some attackers as well. I see what he's trying to do. If you add energy to your back line, you can get higher at the pitch. Um, exactly. Theory, and, but it's, yeah. Okay. It doesn't okay. add much to our chance creation.
1: A small, you know, small comparison. I know it's, it might not be the same, different opposition. Look at what it was like when he had more attackers on against Sporting. A completely different second half, you know?
0: Correct. All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll agree with that summary of um, Conte's in game management. And we'll uh, use that as a lovely segue to the Sporting game. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we had uh, we had and Romero return for this. Lucas Moura started in the attack, so he we went back to a uh, obviously a 3 4 3, which um, we just have been more comfortable in this season. And um, it looked like again, I've got to say, I was confident going into the game as well, and especially when I saw the lineup, but it's again another yeah. winnable team, a, a team where we had a fair bit of joy when we were playing at their grounds, but mm-hmm. we kind of shot ourselves in the foot. It's like, okay, if, as long as we don't do that again at home, we should be all right. But no, how are you, um, how are you going into that game?
1: Uh, I was going into it positive again, you know, like, I don't know. Sometimes I honestly don't know why I keep doing this to myself at this, at this point. Asshole. At this point, uh, managed to get, managed to get a ticket, uh, thanks to Tobes last minute and went to the stadium thinking, okay, the team looks okay. This is a must win game. Champions League game at home should just get the win and shoot ourselves into the next round. Again, looking at the team on paper, it should be a team good enough to be able to beat this lot. First half. I have no idea what I was forced to watch. Like I thought the
0: first 10, 15 minutes were Okay. It was weird. Like we actually looked to press high. I looked like we were pressing with like a front four. Parisit's joining the the front three, and it's mm-hmm. quite intense. We actually created quite a lot of few openings as well. Like yeah, in that, watching in that it first back, one. and I was like, oh, okay. We actually created this, this, and this within like the first fifteen minutes. Okay, maybe it wasn't quite as bad of a start as people make out. But then, um, we have uh, Ghost of the Past end up popping up with a little little moment. Um, yeah, it's, it's a guy who we've actually pined for. Well, I've personally pined for a bit since we started this podcast. And um, I still remember really wanting him to come in for Eric Lamella and getting stick off, uh, getting stick for it. And yeah, um, just seeing how his career's panned out now is quite hard to see, and especially the goal he scored. I felt mm-hmm. like that made us retreat into a shell after uh, after Edwards' goal.
1: Yeah. How did you see it? It was a difficult one. Like you said, I mean, the first half in general, I don't think it was a, was a great half. But you, you're right. You know, we did start the first half positively, you know, almost on the front foot, got into some nice areas, caused uh, little, some problems in their box. But again, you know, uh, the minute teams almost start to get. On the ball, as the minute they start to get a bit comfortable, um, they start to find pockets of space. Like um, they were able to, enable to find Edwards. You know, we now have a player who we know of his quality. We literally know of his quality. Um, we start seeing some of our players backing away, offering him space, and um, a very well placed shot into the uh, left hand corner, uh, which kind of shut the stadium up a little bit and I <laughs> think
0: that touch he did past <laughs> Hojbjerg as well was actually nasty it was, <laughs>
1: it was so it, nasty it, it, it was so in my head I was like okay you know we've started well and this is just a one-off chance um, they did have a couple of chances that I thought okay Um it could have been they could have easily been turned into goals but I still felt that like we could really get into it and then I don't know that's that End of that first half, it somewhat just petered out. It petered out. Um, we we didn't look decisive. Um, we were slow in our build up, you know. And I think I'm starting to see this more and more when I go to games as well. Is that like the minute the fans can sense us getting into this slowish sort of rhythm, slowish sort of way of building up play and, and you know, when it gets to the final third, like simple passes not being made or um, bad combinations or poor, like final balls. I really do feel it, you can just hear it and you can feel it amongst the fans and it weirdly just translates to the players. It makes them more, it seems to make them more nervous and we start giving away silly fouls. And, uh, I just felt like yesterday to start with, After that goal we didn't really make it any easier for ourselves and uh again we went into half time um losing and again the booze rang out um throughout the stadium so it was just about coming out and um starting the second half strongly.
0: Yeah, it's um I uh hey uh, uh Ian, sorry man, I'll see you there. Um Happy birthday to your wife, and uh, obviously, happy anniversary on Saturday. Um, Yeah, that second half, um, much better. Much better. I see the energy came right back. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Ben Tanker just took the game by the scruff of the neck, to be honest. Like, everything he was doing in that second half for me was just coming off, whether he was just carrying it, Mm -hmm. drill passes in between the lines. Like, he was winning the ball um off sporting as well. Like it was an all round great performance from him and him just um helping drive the team forward. We I mean we were sustaining pressure but again like Newcastle we didn't look like we were gonna create anything outside of a set piece.
1: Uh, yeah it was do you know what like uh, see this is one of the things as well that like annoys me a little bit um, about Conte. And it's also a little bit stubbornness that I see in him sometimes. I feel like we all know that, you know, his game, a lot of it is based on the automation, the use of the fullbacks. And it's so clear that like the fullbacks have such a key role, even in as much as pulling defenders away, keeping the pitch wide and opening up spaces in channels or in the middle or even at the back post, for players to be able to take opportunities. Which, in my opinion, it, it just feels that like the players who play in these positions have to basically be near-on perfect. And it's just so obviously clear that like we don't have players who literally are even close to this. So effectively, we're playing with players who are just functional wing-backs. You know? Players who might get the opportunity maybe with an overload, maybe with a piece of skill, or even just, just pure athleticism. But we're not getting that, you know. Doherty, as much as he tries, doesn't have doesn't have the quality
0: to be mm, able to get in these right the areas, you know.
1: You, you know, doesn't have the off the dribble package. Doesn't have the you know the one on one package. Like like, uh, you're looking at the left side. You're looking at Sess. You're looking at Perisic. Perisic has actually got a good, a, quite a good final ball. But does he get out there often enough? Can he beat his man as often as he once could? I I just don't know. So we you find that like like you said, Benten was on the ball a lot. He was buzzing around everywhere, getting on the ball, recycling in it, moving mm. it, moving it out wide quickly. Even finding these little intricate passes into the middle towards Lucas, towards Kane, towards Son. But then you find as well that like the minute you get you the minute you get to the flanks, unless the fullback has the beating of the other fullback. He can either put in a ball in and that ball is really a 50-50 ball, or he could start again and then we can start the automation again, start moving the back, moving the ball amongst the midfielders, amongst the defenders. And I just felt that like the one positive thing about the second half that I actually liked was the intensity. And this is where mm. I feel that like we have actually been really missing this in this sort of period of the season, what, what we call in this, like, this is like what the, like, maybe the, we're just coming to like the end of the, of the first quarter of the season, or, or however you want to call it, or maybe the beginning quarter, the beginning of the second quarter of the season. <sighs> We've lacked a severe amount of intensity. We really have. We really have. We haven't, put teams under pressure. Teams have come to to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and in my opinion, they've had a jolly up.
0: Mm, and is that a confidence thing, do you think? <sighs> to be playing as a team, to drop um, into the position to receive the ball quick enough, to play the passes no, that you no, see quick I enough? Don't,
1: like, no, because like lack of quality. I, think, I think if you were going to say that, you would be like, fine, you could accept that if there were lots of players from different systems. But Owen, let's be honest this is largely a lot of the guys who played last season, who players who have been training and playing on the Conte for some time now, who know a lot of his systems, who know the patterns, who know exactly how we played when we played well. I, I just feel that there's just been a severe lack of quality. Maybe some people could say, you, you could you could turn around and say that the formation does look a bit rigid and actually the execution has been poor. Fine. But I just, I just don't feel that we have a great base of technical skill at the moment um, and I think that's really, really hampering us but the one thing I did see in that second half was intensity and it's it's amazing what a little bit of intensity, a little bit of and I hate to sound generic and like, you know, cliche but a little bit of hard running hard pressing, hard tackling mm. uh, you know, it's, it's amazing what that can do for a team especially because there were parts in that second half where the full 11 of sporting were camped. They were camped. They couldn't get out. They were They were really looking for opportunities to get out. And we were so insistent on winning the ball back, winning the ball back in our third, in the middle third, in their third, and then turning them around. And we did that lots in the second half. So uh, I just feel that that's something that Conte should maybe look at and be like, you know what? This is how we really should be playing, especially when we're at home. Um, and obviously, fine, we got the first goal from a set piece, which is also good because, you know, again, there was a time in our, you know, in our history our recent history where we never scored from set pieces. So actually, I'm happy that we're scoring more from set pieces, but there mm-hmm. were also lots of opportunities on goal. Uh, ben Tenko had opportunity, opportunity uh, Kane had an opportunity Son had an opportunity you know there were lots of shots on goal lots Eric Dier Eric Dyer had an opportunity you know there were lots of chances so this is the kind of like half that I think Conte should be looking at even isolating and saying listen guys this is kind of how I need to see you guys playing more often this is kind of how I need us to kind of a performance or somewhat of a like a a portion of a game that I want you guys to be able to re- replicate Especially when we're at home, anyway. I, I don't I know.
0: I think, think it's too risky. Um, not that I would agree <clears> with that, but obviously, in that second half as well, like you say, like we we did have them cancelled, but at the same time, they had two great chances to score. They in absolutely did. Half. One of them, they missed an open goal after Loris came out, and he was nowhere near the ball yeah. either. Um,
1: yeah, I don't came know. Out I think... to one of their
0: long balls after someone spanning behind. I think that player was actually offside anyway, so I'll. I'll um, let him get away with that. But, yeah, uh, we gave up two like clear, clear chances for we them. Did. But, yeah, Um blessing they couldn't score it. But eventually the pressure told and um, it was a good... I can't remember who put in the corner out of Perisic or some, but it was right on Ben Tanker's head. And there were so many players underneath... Uh, this Pintanco header, especially in Quartets, <laughs> was jumping with like three people, and he just decided yeah. not to jump for some reason. And then, um,
1: when I first the saw it, came I out actually, for it got yeah, near it. I, I thought that it was a foul. But then I was like, wait a second, there were loads of sporting players around the goalkeeper. There's no way, it could have, no way. It could have you always
0: think that though, as well. Like I thought it was going to get ruled out, even though I knew like that no one fouled the keeper. But it's just one of those, and the yeah. continent. Continental game, European game and the keeper goes down and someone scores like more yeah, for than know. not they they give us a, the a foul obstruction yeah. foul whatever, uh but no, they let up understand though, so that was nice, that was nice, and um that was the that was the correct decision as well in my humble unbiased opinion um <laughs> but obviously then we um pressed on like I thought conte. Managed the game quite well, made the stops at the right time as well. Mm -hmm, Uh, Brian mm -hmm, Hill mm -hmm. had uh, a pretty good cameo. We say came on on the 70th minute. Yeah, uh, I know chronologically, I've just gone back like ten. No,
1: no, no, no. Like uh, I think it's fluid here. You know, someone who you know who (laughs) we all we all label as being extremely brittle and. (laughs) <laughs> made of... Uh,
0: I think at the first uh, minute he ended up slipping over us like, oh,
1: <laughs> Here we <you> go. <laughs> uh, so he looks like he's made of plasterboard but he he really... I mean, he was the epitome of the intensity most of that second half when he when, after he came on. He, you know, was really happy to get onto the ball. He was committing players. He was taking the ball in really dangerous areas and, um, you know, he was even drawing fouls. Like, I just thought he... <laughs> He just looked miles better than Lucas, or his contribution was miles, miles better than what Lucas had. Uh, I don't know, maybe because Lucas had just started first game in a while, but hmm. I, Lucas just gassed out after about sixty minutes. Like I was watching, I thought him, he like... had
0: an okay game as well. I almost hate to say it, I thought he was. Okay. Yeah, I
1: felt like he did, Not but then I brave, honestly, yeah. when it got to about the sixty mark, sixty minute mark, I was watching him like just. Watching him personally, and he just, he just there was no running. I was watching him, thinking, is he going to try and stretch them? Because you know he normally, you know, he provides us with what we call chaos ball, get on the ball, think, draw yeah. a few players yeah. in with a few dribbles. Wasn't even doing that, um, which kind of gave me the indication that he was he was gassed. I thought he would come off, um, but then he took Doherty off and. Put him at uh, right wing back. So I thought, mm, okay, that's interesting. And even then, as well, he didn't last much longer. Um, to which em- Emerson came on, and then Brian Hill obviously came on as well. And Brian Hill, I like, I thought, I actually think he did enough, in my opinion, to maybe even like harbour a start. Um, on the weekend against Bournemouth, I I just wow. felt like okay. I just felt like he was really positive. Um, in his in his play. And like I think the fans seem to get behind him as well, but um, again, he's had another
0: cliche thing as well, isn't it? Um, I almost hate to be like this as well sometimes because it's just not something we tend to on the pod often, uh, like certain cliches. But when you've got someone who you're bringing on who the fans ultimately back, you're gonna get the fans not booing. You're gonna get them behind the team much much more like mm-hmm. obviously at the end of the first half that was the complete opposite but that's that's a way to lift the mood that's a way to lift the stadium and obviously help bring in some creativity into the game
1: yeah i mean again as well like he's kind of this unorthodox sort of very one-footed high volume dribbler who likes to operate, like, usually on the right side. And then he, he was very happy to come in. But I I don't know, I just felt that that right-hand side, that channel that he took up with Emerson, um, he very much made that made that his own when he came on. Like, even some of his passing, I thought, was really, really good. Really, really incisive. Um, he made a really couple long uh, cross-field sort of passes, which, when I think about yeah. it, like, we're really missing. We're really missing a player who can make these lofted crossfield passes just to open up the play. We don't seem to have that really at the moment. And um, it was kind of like refreshing to see that. Um, I know he's young and obviously, you know, the guy's made of, he's made of basically nothing. But uh, I feel, I've I've always said it. I feel like there's a player there. I feel like there's a player there who just needs to get a bit more game time. Um, I feel like at this point, we should be campaigning to just, to just free Lucas from his contractual obligations at Spurs. I, I just don't, I just don't see any positive in us continually playing Lucas in areas that he's either not comfortable or he just can't provide us enough quality in. I just, I just don't think he's good enough. I, I really hate to say it, but at this Mate, point, um, <laughs> <laughs> at, at this point, I just, I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, it just was a difficult one. And obviously, yeah, um, the good thing as well about even Brian Hill coming on was that I felt that we stretched the play quite well. I really I really do feel like by the end of the game, we were literally pulling them from left to right, left to right, left to right. And effectively um, from the left hand side and in swinging crosses, what basically led to what we thought would be.
0: Yeah, um, like I've the already game. seen um Hill's decision making start to mature slightly. Whereas when he made his um, first cameo in the Champions League, he looked like he was treating the ball a bit like a hot potato, like he was almost wanted to just get rid of it straight away and then mm-hmm. make a run-off. But he's making the right decisions when to dribble, when to pass, how to like his passing is actually quite decent, like as you touched upon his switch of play, like it didn't have necessarily that much zip, but it had enough and it was obviously the right decision at the time to to stretch sporting, and it, it's good for him as well because this right hand side position is still quite new to him. Mm-hmm. Um, he he's already come out and said like he prefers playing on the left. He predominantly played on the left when he was at Sevilla, and um, when he made his um, when he got minutes for us, he would always be on the left. So yeah, he's. Um, He's doing relatively well in that position so far. Um, well, we'll see if he does get a start against Bournemouth. We'll get onto that game very, very shortly. But, of course, now we've got to go over um, a certain VAR decision where we uh, we must score pretty much with the last kick of the game. It, it was the last
1: kick, kick it of the It literally game. was the last, it
0: kick, was of the last kick of the game. Where <laughs> the Cross comes over to Emerson he heads it down to Kane and he mm-hmm. starts it in um what was what was going on in the stadium during that check like did they show anything what was the mood like like did anyone oh, expect it to be even chalked off because like,
1: you've uh,
0: been tempted to pitch invade after that goal went into oh, like, having that I moment mean, of despair there was, uh,
1: there was just in that south stand it was just it was, it was utter chaos it was just chaos like everybody lost the plot um even the players, even Richarlison, who obviously you can see everyone just lost the plot. Um, and when they huddled around the ref, I remember Yao saying to me, "This might get chalked off." And he, we were, in the, we were in the standing area in in the south stand, and he just sat down and like kind of just was like, "This might get chalked off." And I was just thinking, "Let me think about it." Like when the ball came over. Where was Emerson? Where was Kane? I was even thinking that it actually didn't even go directly from Emerson to Kane. Where was Kane standing? And it was strange because they weren't showing it on the screens, but all they were showing on on the screens was that um, there's a possibility or it's being checked by VAR. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just kept thinking, hmm and it is actually like i think a period of about 3 or 4 minutes which i mean in in terms of var time i've always thought if it takes that long it's generally often thought to be too indiscriminate for it to be clear and obvious yep. yeah so um... in, in my in my head i was just like this is this is too long this has got to be a goal and lo and behold um yeah Referee ruled it, and the, just the mood was just, yeah, it was pretty somber to be honest with you. After that, <laughs>
0: and now you've seen um, it back. What do you, uh, what do you make of it now? So, so there is actually it's not, so much wrong with the with the check. It's actually uh, unreal. It it's,
1: it's very strange because, firstly, I thought, okay, maybe Emerson was offside. I, I saw that he wasn't offside. Then I thought, okay, Emerson's header to Kane, Kane technically looked like he was behind but then I was worried in my head initially when I saw the replay I was like oh Kane can't be offside because when Emerson headed it it hit the defender which I thought completely nullifies Kane's position but then I realized that the ruling is actually it's irrespective of it hitting the hitting the defender does not reset the situation because if he heads it down it to wasn't
0: Kane, a purposeful action or it wasn't a purpose uh,
1: yeah it could be yeah, because it wasn't a purposeful reaction <laughs> back to the goalkeeper or back into goal in the direction of the goal then it wouldn't reset it so i was thinking then how would it how would it be offside but then i was looking at the line that they set and it's funny as well because the line where they set emerson is actually on emerson's <laughs> inside foot not his outside foot which i didn't really
0: they put it from his head i think <laughs> which I, which I didn't Wait, really there's that, a whole half of his body, which body, is body
1: that's that's on the other side of the line, yeah. Yes. and then obviously they showed us the angle from basically I don't know what what would be the uh, south north, so what would be the west stand? But then the angle that they've shown, they've not actually shown us like flush. And obviously, as a result, they've now like as a result of today, we've now seen some pictures where we've seen like. Literally, almost looking like from a bird's eye view, that you can see that actually it looks like the defender's foot's actually in line or in front of Kane's, which is <laughs> <It's> ridiculous. <laughs> which, which is and that's, strange. Um, because...
0: Another thing I was watching, um, I think it was the highlights of the Liverpool game, and then um, I rem- I re- remembered that we've got this like this semi-automatic offside system now which yeah. I don't believe we use. It's that system where they can't kind of turn plays into cartoons. You
1: can't, yeah. Mm-hmm. Have a
0: line there without any fudging camera angles. Yeah. And then there it would have picked up that Kane was, he looked level with the ball, to be honest, which if anything, <sighs> is... he was behind it. He's definitely not ahead of the ball. This is my,
1: this is my issue with, with VAR at the moment as well, is that like, I need them to, first of all, first of all, why isn't it clear why isn't that like this new schematic where they're using images or cartoon type style to represent play why isn't that like used all the time is it only used for specific things and then the second thing is that like it would be good as well for them to explain that VAR decision as well because I I don't know I felt like it was such a negligible amount for it to be ruled out and sometimes i think you can even try and give defend you can try and give attackers a little bit of leeway or a bit of an advantage but i don't know I, I just felt that it was the decision was taken was far too long for them to be like this is clear and obvious and if that was the case why why would it be given as an offside goal i don't know it was very very I think it was very, very harsh, but in the rules of offside, in the rules or the way that they've been using VAR, yeah, by the letter of the law.
0: I don't even it, know cause yeah. like, by the letter of law, like when when you're drawing lines on um, on, on Emerson's head instead of like the further furthest part the furthest of point goal, part of his
1: body, you know, you understand why um, is that not <laughs> it's, why is, that, why is it's, that not being used? I don't
0: know. I don't know it's very strange and then obviously the image that came out which showed the defender's foot level with Kane's if not yeah. um, like you say yeah. in front of Kane's it was all weird the check was just it was it was
1: bad uh, um, and it's I, I, super frustrating and, I mean uh, like
0: and then Conte getting sent off at the end for oh fine <laughs> which looks yeah. unclear it didn't even look like he was outright shouting get the ref either he just kind of yeah Got singled out.
1: All of his post-match interview, pressers, they were just flagrant. Yeah, walked out. He walked out of the press conference
0: after one question. He he was very upset, bless him.
1: And that's gutting as well because like, I think I've seen somewhere today that he's completely going to be out of the loop for the game against Marseille at the Velodrome whereby Hmm. um, he can't have any contact with the players in the... In the changing room, before or after, on the touchline, nothing. Like so,
0: we might see some quicker subs. Who knows? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it's gonna be of a, it's gonna be of an interesting one. Which, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, chaos ball indeed. Um, yeah, it feels very unfortunate. But yeah, we'll move on. We move got no. a game against uh, Bournemouth away to rectify. I've got um, obviously the Marseille game, which follows that. Um, so I guess we'll do two quick predictions for that. And um, what would your brief prediction be for a Bournemouth game in which you would probably expect to see a bit of rotation?
1: I expect nothing but a Spurs win. I expect nothing. To win. I expected nothing but a Spurs win. Um, I feel like they've had a little bit of resurgence under Gary O'Neill. Some like you know some interesting results. Um, I, I thought they were very hard done by on Monday night against West Ham. Uh, again, VAR completely fucking up that match. Um, I think they recently lost to Saints at home, and they had a really interesting game where they beat Leicester a couple of weeks back, and. Uh, They seem to be playing a lot better than when um, Scott Parker was there. Um, And obviously they've turned it around, obviously, since that early sort of smashing they got from Liverpool. But I just feel, again, this is a team who I don't think are particularly of any Mm -hmm. real quality. Um, I feel like, you know, there seems to be a bit of a resurgence in um, a bit of resurgence in Dom Solanke and um, they've got a tall, uh, left-footed midfielder who seems to be scoring goals from time to time. Is that um, Billings? Billings, yeah. But, I mean, I'm I'm looking at their squad and looking at their results and how they've kind of got on. You know, this should be a game that we should... In a similar kind of way like we did against Brighton earlier this season, similar way like we did against um, Nottingham Forest. Get an early goal um quiet the crowd down, slow them down and just take your points and just fuck off back to London to be honest. So <laughs> um I'm not really looking like you you know I've I've been very clear about how I see this first sort of half of the season. Just get as many points as you can on the board before the World Cup. Um and see where your chips land when it comes when it comes to January. Yeah um, for and sure. this is this is the kind of game that we just want to Get them in, finish, refresh and start thinking about Tuesday um, in, in Marseille.
0: So it, it kind of feels like we are limping to to this World Cup break. At yeah. the Just trying to get there and then get a chance to reset once it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. Um, given our recent performances away from home and that we're probably going to rotate the team, I'm not that confident, even though I do expect us to win. I think we should definitely win. Mm-hmm. Um, especially given our away performance against Brighton like it being good enough to win. Like Brighton are much better than Bournemouth. Um, I couldn't really say who's actually going to get rotated. I'd expect Pissouma to start. I would like to see Hill start, but I just don't think it will happen. Yeah, um, I don't think
1: I, I, don't, I personally don't think it will either.
0: Ben Davis will probably come back in. Um. Not sure on Romero. Um, Romero had a funny game against Sporting, although I actually loved his um, his runs forward constantly. He was yeah. slow to get back at times. Um, that crunching tackle he did on uh, one of the players, <laughs> where he just two-footed him, even though the ball was literally right there. Gets the fans going. Hopefully he's um, well enough to stop both Bournemouth and Marseille games because we... We rely on him for a build-up on that right-hand side so much. Like, I, I, I just don't think I to see Sanchez there again. If we're going to rotate, then try Tanganga. Like, I know he's not necessarily match-fit, but he just is <sighs> <a bit sighs> the ball. Um, I can't see Emerson. Like, I know it's inevitable, <sighs> but I just cannot see
1: Emerson I mean, start. It's so. You know, some people in the group, you know, they speak about. Some of his qualities and... Um, oh, I was his, one
0: of them as well, but it's one some of, of those his, way... He...
1: Some of his dribble stats and um, some of his defensive attributes. But honestly, this is a player who, you you know, this is where possession goes to die. The You're not going to get anything from this guy on this right-hand side, in my opinion. That is a possession black hole. And, you need someone
0: uh, out on that right-hand side to hold his hand for me
1: someone like
0: I, uh, <laughs> someone like a kulisevsky
1: uh, like do you know what owen i've been thinking like deeply about this i i, I don't know if kulisevsky coming back fixes this you know we are, uh, this is this is a this is a bigger sort of thought process i'm having but i just feel that we're just in a rut confidence wise tactically like formation wise everything just feels like like you said, we're just limping to this World Cup. Nothing feels right at the moment, you know. Do
0: you feel like the novelty of Conte and him coming in has started to wear off already?
1: I can feel I can feel in a way why this would appear to feel this way. Because if you think about it, this is a very less if we're gonna be honest, this is kind of a rigid sort of formation where everything kind of has to be absolutely right. Players can't be passing into blind alleys. They're passing into areas that they would have practiced and trained and combined frequently, consistently to do so. So in many ways, there's probably going to be quite a bit of repetition. So I can kind of see why one that would probably look to maybe frustrate people or maybe bore people. But the one thing that I take from this is that this is a style of play that has been successful, not just in the past for Conte, but actually in the past for Spurs. So the fact that this could potentially wane on people, even not even a year into his time at Spurs, I would say, I would say, no, I think it's too early. I think it's too early. Um, I think we're actually underestimating the effect of fatigue. At this point, you know, we're literally playing players 60, 70 minutes. Two, three times a week. Um, mm. Players like Kane and Son aren't even, even been able to get rests. Dyer not really not really been able to get rests. Ben not really been able to get rests. So I kind of feel that that plays a bit of a part into it as well. But I also feel as well is that like, in my opinion, last season whilst we were a bit of an unknown quantity in that style, teams have seen how they can get the better out of us. And I feel that they are setting up and preparing just a lot more pragmatically to to deal with that ability. And that is also why, in many respects, I think it's important that Kuletsense comes back because in that back, in that front three, he is actually the unpredictable nature of those front three, in my opinion but also like you said, it's weird because if he comes back, he's the kind of player that would need or is, has the ability to hold Emerson's hand. So he would kind of maybe help Emerson, maybe not help Emerson. I, I, I can't really say. And he hasn't played enough this season for me to even feel like, okay, this is the solution to our problems, you know?
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I hear it. That was very um, good details. Um, explanation there um yeah for me i feel like we need at least probably new new additions to freshen up. i'm not necessarily saying we need to go like crazy in the january market but yeah i just feel like the team's screaming out for at least two or three more creative type players or players yeah. who are just more technically sound so see someone who could be more creative than, uh, at right wing back um <clears throat> especially in an um an attack-minded midfielder and, yeah, an extra attacker to replace uh, Lucas Moura, who can actually get his head up and make a correct decision. For me, those are holes in our squad which need to be addressed. This, It's weird hearing the rumours about Spence going out on loan in January. Like, for me, it seems really, really pointless to it not at least give him more minutes in his Spurs shirt before making that decision, if, if even true. Um. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happens on that one.
1: Uh, I, I, you know, I can... at this point I kind of feel sorry for the for the lad. I really do, just because you, you can't fault him. He's in the No most yeah, I was match- just thinking that as well, you, you know, actually can't. You know? He's been in most matchday squads. You know, some kids would kick up a fuss, their heads would drop, they wouldn't give a shit. They probably wouldn't even train as hard, they'd probably be just be of the mindset I'd collect my wage and just keep it stepping. But he looks to me as someone who's just been professional and to not even be given the opportunity, um, to prove himself to show that he's got the ability to step in, even to do a good job. Like, I've always been an advocate for young players, I always give an advocate for, advocate for young players. You will only know they are ready if you give them a chance, and generally most young players either sink or swim. They generally sink or swim. So you're given the opportunity. You have so many good young players across the league. You know, uh, he who shall not be named at United came into the league. Rashford came into the league. Saka came into the league really young. ESR, Mount, Rice, lots of young players come into the league as unknown quantities. Fine, they maybe would have been on loan elsewhere. But generally, you come into the league and you sink or swim. And that's only because you're given the opportunity. He, he literally hasn't even been given the opportunity. And fine, fine. People are going to say he's young. Conte probably doesn't rate him. I don't see how right now we can sit here and say he wouldn't or potentially could not be a better option than Emerson. It feels to me that like by him continuing to pick Emerson and not even give... E- Spence a chance. It feels like gross negligence. He knows that Emerson will hurt us, but he would rather have that than even give Spence a chance. Which I just don't I just forget.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. Like you, you can tell like straight away you know Spencer's gonna offer us more on the ball. And I feel like he just continues with Emerson purely because I mean to his credit, slightly off the ball. Um, he's yeah more often than not in the right position at the right time.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, if anything, he's he's more measured. In it, 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 if anything, as like because you know you get these marauding sort of wing backs, who you want to get forward, and maybe they are not as good on the defensive on the defensive side. Uh, at least to some regards, you know we're going to get from more defensively. He's not really going to give you that much going forward, but nine times out of ten, he's going to be in this position where he needs to be. Um, right right wing back from a defensive perspective and maybe that's where Conte sees that he would be best place to start but then again I also feel like at least if you give Spence a chance and he sinks doesn't perform then at least you know you know for you to then potentially buy this player for however much you buy him for and then to loan him what if he kicks what what if he goes to another team and he, and he just <laughs> flies. like just It would look so stupid. It would look so stupid, you know? I uh,
0: have a feeling that would happen as well. It was just, uh, just a quick thought as well. I know it's just a little bit off topic, but have we ever seen the Kuliszewski, Kane and Richarlison front three line up for us yet? Uh,
1: not this season, no. Yeah. Uh, Richarl- Richarlison only played... Excuse me. Uh, Kuliszewski only played in the first three games. Yeah. Um, started in one and he was subbed in two and then he was, he was injured, yeah.
0: Mate, I'm trying to think back to pre-season, but yeah, I, I need to see that. um, At some point this season, because um, obviously I know Sun's gone off the ball, maybe fatigue is even a part of it. <sighs> oh
1: man, less said about that, Don, the better.
0: Yeah, I know uh, there's been rumours about him uh, leaving, or wanting to leave oh, for yeah? Real Madrid, but I, d- <laughs> I don't see, I don't see anyone coming in for him now.
1: What is gonna is gonna leave Spurs to go sit on the bench? Probably. Fair play, man. Fair play. If that's what he's on, <laughs> that's what that's what he's on, man. At this point, uh, I'm conflicted. I'm conflicted. Um, Sud is a goal machine. Given the opportunity, he scores goals um i have absolutely no faith in this guy's passing ability no faith in this guy's build up play like the one thing that even that has been highlighted to me recently is this guy's ability to just be there in a physical respect he doesn't even do that he's such a pussy like he is such a bitch when it comes to <laughs> getting into physical duels and from this and from this point I just, I just can't see how he continually stays in the team if he's not scoring. That's the one thing that he actually used to bring to the team. And if he's not scoring, then what? But then I'm like, okay, if he's not playing, who do we play? But at this point, like, um, I wouldn't say um, I'm not done with him. No, no. I just, you know, you, you guys know how I feel about Son at this point, uh, you know, I can't even I can't even say that he's had a he's had like an okayish portion of the season because outside of his performance against Leicester, the guy's been utter garbage. He's been rubbish. I mean there's there's no there's no other way to describe how he's performed this season. Guy's been rubbish. Simply sim- simple. I'm not even gonna say good, I'm not even gonna say all right, he's been rubbish. So many important games that we've we've played where we need this guy to stand up and be counted as a key attacker in this team just just goes missing completely goes missing can i get his ability to get him behind no can he beat a man like he used to be able to do no can he dribble at a decent rate no can he make the right decision in the final third again no can he build up play no can he pass properly in the final third No, like all
0: these things he used to be able to do as well. He used to be. I'm not seeing things. It's just so easy to get.
1: Like I, 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 like I think Sai said it recently. I think on a pod he just said that. Like it's weird with Sun because he has the ability to do all these things, but it's so strange that when he doesn't do these things, it's like he can't do them to any level at all. There's like no in between. It's either he does them to an extremely high standard, or he plays like he doesn't know how to play football. It's it's so <laughs> it's 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 so it's strange. To it's so, yeah. it's so it's so strange to me. And, and at this point, I don't even know, man. Like I was watching him last night again on a personal thing, trying to see what runs he was making. The guy's taking the ball in areas that he clearly's not comfortable in. He's not good at build up. So why are you taking it with your back to goal with two, three guys around you? You're not a dribbler. You're not someone who has the ability to make those quick passes. I want you to be on the turn, trying to get him behind, on the wing, dribbling at people. Mm. Things that he's good at, he's not just doing any of that. going back
0: to the basics.
1: Yeah, yeah. For him and, and for me, I've just not... Yeah, people can be in bad form. But for him, it's just it's just been too long now. I just don't see how he turns this round. I just... I don't know. I don't know. I'm...
0: All right. Yeah, that I guess that will pretty much sum up um sum up tonight's podcast. Um obviously just a quick uh, prediction of the Marseille game as well. I I'm personally not...
1: Oh come on, Owen. Come on, I'm, Owen. You, I'm not you, confident. you know how this Sorry. goes, mate. That's you know right. how this goes, mate. Like let's be honest. Any important game, any final like match, any match? We only need to draw though, don't we? Real importance? Owen <laughs> <laughs> we we only need a joy. You know how this goes. You know how this goes. You know how this goes. I we get packed, mate. We get packed. We'll just we'll just fall apart. Get packed.
0: Yeah, it's typical because um I don't think Marseille are that good kind of a side, but then you see the amount of ex Arsenal players they've got as well, it's it feels a bit inevitable.
1: Like all, I take, my, all, all I Nadi need is is Sanchez, you know, like, um, another one, his name? Um, Eric Baye, um, Payet. It's like, there's uh, there's players who I don't think are like amazing, but given the opportunity to stick one on Spurs, yeah, why not? Yeah, okay, in a yeah. very fiery velodrome where we're going to have a limited amount of away fans in a they game, they haven't
0: been winning there in the league this season, apparently. They haven't, haven't double check the results, but. Oh, we're getting packed. And that's that. I've I've said that (laughs) though as well. So we're definitely getting packed. Fair Uh. enough. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there again, Um, Booker T, thank you for joining me tonight. Your nuance and the way you were breaking down our games was almost second to none. Brilliant. It's great to have you on. Um, Always, mate. Always. We usually look to stream again every Thursday. Audio form comes out every Saturday morning. And, um, yeah, that'll wrap up this. It's part Overshadowed by fucking NARC VAR referees and uh, <laughs> just a poor run at the moment. But, yeah, please uh, join the street- us for further pain next week because it feels a little <laughs> bit inevitable. All right. On behalf of the new Spurs order, peace.
1: Peace. Goal. On debut, Tungay Ongombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh great goal! Steven Berbine has arrived in North London. That is absolutely incredible on debut. Oh yeah! Sports Social Podcast Network.